So we're back. I missed you. I missed you too. You were lying. <laughs> I'm looking into your eyes and you're lying to my face. <sighs> Listeners, we took a bit of a hiatus and we're sorry that we didn't warn you in advance, but we're back. And uh, in this round, we will be releasing episodes every other Wednesday. So keep an ear and an eye out in the way that you get your podcasts and check out the WBIK website and uh I hope you have all had a good summer. Yeah, we, we really did miss you. We're lying about each other. But yeah. You guys, we missed. <laughs> I wasn't sure which you you were talking about. You are listeners. So welcome back. And uh, this is The Gallery Gap. And it's a podcast that examines equity and inequity in museums, exhibitions, collections, and programming. I'm Claire. And I'm Melissa, and we're excited to be back. It's been a busy and fun summer, and Claire, you've had some especially good news. Yeah, so uh, since since we last chatted, um, some of our long-term listeners will know that we've talked about federal funding or funding for the arts in general, and I am pleased to announce that the Augustana Teaching Museum of Art has received a NEA Artworks grant from the spring of 2017. Woot woot. Thank you. <laughs> We're working on a project called uh, Hashtag Yarn Bomb QC. So we are working to create a public art project that is involving the entire community and community members will crochet parts of a, a larger whole. And the artist, her name's Carol Hummel. She's going to be in town with her assistant a few times to put this all together. So first of all, check out the Augustana Website, if you're interested, you don't have to know how to crochet to do it. Um, our first two components of that project are August 28th from 1 to 4 p.m. at Augustana and August 29th from 5 to 8 p.m. at the Figgy. We will be holding some workshops so that people can learn how to crochet. They can learn a little bit more about Carol's art and how this project fits into it and have some time to crochet, socialize, and get to know each other. And this is a project that will go up at the end of October and will be up for the whole year. So I'm pretty excited about it. That's outstanding. And I do want to note that the August 29th workshop at the Figgy, um, there will be wine. Yes, yeah. there will be There will be. Uh, snacks some uh at at both of the workshops but and wine wine only at the figgy <laughs> one unfortunately <laughs> well that's great news congratulations um this week we are exploring another community program that has also been sustained by the nea as well as the regional development authority humanities iowa the doris and victor day foundation and private donations so really quite quite an outstanding program that has a lot of um, local and national support. The program is called Urban Exposure, and it's a 10-week summer program offered through the local nonprofit Azabuki African American Council for the Arts. This is for youth, and it really is a fully immersive program. As our devout listeners will note, the conversations on the gallery gaps stem from the acknowledgement that there, there exists inequity in museums and galleries through their collections, exhibitions, and programs. Really, our desire is to begin closing the gap in our own museums and community through an examination of artists and artistic endeavors that strive for equity. And it's for this reason that we turn our attention to the wonderful program, Urban Exposure. Yeah, and I'm just going to quote from their website here because I don't think that I can say it any better than this. They can. Urban exposure provides an opportunity for young people in the Quad Cities to express themselves creatively and constructively, all under the supervision of experienced filmmakers. 
The program promotes diversity by encouraging filmmaking as a career and as a form of self-expression and is supportive of non-traditional applicants like women, people of color, and other underserved populations. Here in the studio to tell us more are Gay Shannon Burnett, co-founder, executive director, president, and well, really the it woman of the Azubuke African American Council for the Arts, and Jonathan Burnett, urban exposure program founder, lead instructor, and creative director. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, Gay, let's start with you. Can you tell our listeners what the Azubuki African American Council for the Arts is and how it began? Well, it actually began like years ago. I'd always have been doing work in the community as far as art, art instructions, and also in drama because I worked with uh, Rock Island High School students with the Sankofa Performing Arts Ensemble. We started that maybe about seven years ago. And we primarily did black history plays. And so all of the work, I, I actually did some summer drama at the Rock Island Library for seven years every summer. And so I'd been doing a lot of things in the community, but we were a non-entity. And so you don't get recognized, not in the sense of recognition praises, but recognize we're here, we're doing things, and we are, you know, operating like a legitimate organization. So one day we said, well, maybe we should start a not-for-profit and to continue on with the things that we feel that we contribute to the community, but also to maybe, you know, get some funding to really take it to the next level. And you can't do that pretty much without being a 501c3 so that's what we did. We kind of organized ourselves and became an entity so we could uh, do more in our community. So the creation of urban exposure seems like a natural fit for the council. Jonathan, perhaps you can speak to the program's creation and how you see it as supportive to the council's mission and function in the community? Yeah, so I mean, with urban exposure, which um, started about three years ago, um, how I saw it, like, coming about was I wanted to give young people in the QC the opportunity to tell their own stories, um, to go beyond stereotypes and to, you know, have a voice within this community and to also express themselves creatively and nonviolently. That was the most important thing for me. And um, I felt like film is the perfect art to do that. Um, film to me is a is a vessel for like empathy is a vessel for truth. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of why I did it. Um, because I wanted them to say, Hey, this is what, this is a life that I'm living. This is what I want to tell to you. This is what I want to express because I feel like nobody's listening to me. And also I just love doing film, being a filmmaker. Um, what's better than teaching young people film and also helping them make that film. So do you want to speak a little bit about what your background is in film and how that has evolved into this project? Well, so my background in film is this. Um, so uh, I have an undergrad degree at the Academy of Art University in uh, motion pictures and television. And I'm also finishing my grad degree in film production at Loyola Marymount University out in Los Angeles. Um, and uh, But in between um, my undergrad and my grad degree, I worked 
eight months in um, on a feature film in Algeria. Um, Algiers was our base, and it was actually an Algerian-French co-production, and so we would be back and forth between the two cities. And um, I was the uh, director's assistant on that film. Uh, and uh, let's see, there was a film in Atlanta that actually fell through um, that I was supposed to work on, but I went there for location scouting. And then I just came back here to the QC and, um, you know, kind of worked normal jobs, tried doing uh, film stuff whenever I could in, uh, in the area. And then that's when the idea for Urban Exposure came about. Sounds like you, you bring a lot of experience to the table. I, I guess. I mean, if you want to call it a lot, then, then yeah, I'm, I'm pretty like, you know, I don't I think I still have uh, further to go, more to grow. Like, but um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it is a lot of experience. <laughs> so the pull back to the Quad Cities, because you are currently living in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, you're from here. Yes. You're from Rock Island. You've gone away and come back, gone away and come back. Why this project here in this community? Well, like I said before, um, I want to give young people and um, and everyone an opportunity to do film in the Quad Cities and to um, express themselves. But also, I also feel that um, people don't understand that, like anything else, film is an industry. And I want to give them these skills so they can go out to these cities and do film, like whether it's Chicago, Atlanta, L.A., like if they even want to go to Vancouver to do film, they will have the foundation and skills that I taught them to work on a film set. And to also, if they want to go to film school, they can go to film school and they will have a film to show on their application. And I know that um, one of the other things that we talk about a lot, too, is that we don't understand why there's not more of a film presence here yes. in the Quad Cities. And we think that, you know, as that we could really have a industry here as well. Mm -hmm. And so we'd like to be contributors to that. Yeah, we really do. Like, um, we always want to try to create a, um, you know, more of a film community in the Quad Cities because there are a lot of um, small, like, filmmakers that are coming out of the QC um Scott Beck and Bryant Woods uh, are two names that come up. They just sold a script out in L.A., um, and they have Emily Blunt attached to their script. So, um, you know, Josh Ford and Harry Walker, they do a lot of, like, things with, um, you know, music videos, documentaries, and they're great cinematographers and filmmakers. And I just believe that we can produce more and more uh, filmmakers out of the QC because there's a lot of stories that we can tell. And the kids would actually be able to you know, stay here and work, you know, in the industry, because right now, if they do, you know, get the skills, they have to go someplace else if they're going to work in the film industry. We just don't have a lot going on here. So this program is really preparing them for whatever might come next and enhancing our community. Uh, quick plug, yeah, you mentioned a number of filmmakers in our community. I know that you're all partnering all the time in many ways. Yes. And you're going to be doing that in a very big way at the end of August at Alternating Currents. Yes. For two full days, I mean like full days of film. So we're really excited to see what comes out of that. I wonder with this program, it's a 10-week intensive program for youth. Mm -hmm. Why don't you walk us through walk us through the program. What are the sorts of things that the, the students are doing? Or maybe how do you select the group of students each year for this program? Well, 
that's always a process um, is the recruitment process. And um, like the first year, it's been kind of ups and downs. But this third year has been like we've had the most students that we've had in, in all the three years. So the first year we had three and then we had about five students the second year. But it dwindled down to two because life just happens. Um, this year we have six. Um, and how it goes is uh, we do a 10-week program where we teach directing, we teach screenwriting, we teach cinematography, and we teach editing. And um, and what they do is they write their own scripts. Uh, we went through a process where we've selected the scripts that the students were gravitating more towards. And also we were thinking like logistically, like what resources do we have to make these scripts? So uh, we chose three of the scripts, and then just this past week, we shot all three of them in a week. And when they're on set, like they, whatever they learned as far as like directing and cinematography, and then now we're moving into post, they, they've been, um, you know, they've been using. And uh, this year, like I said, every year is a process, but this year the students have been very dedicated, and that's what we really look for. We just want students that are interested. And I, we know that some students, film is new to them, and they're entertaining the idea of film. But then we have students that say, no, I want to do this. And then we say, well, here's the place to do it. Um, so as long we do lectures, and then like we have writing segments and roundtable discussions, and then we, you know, we do, um, do we shoot things and then we edit them. And that's kind of like what we do week to week, three days a week. Yes, it's three days a week and it's three hours a day. So it's mm -hmm. it's pretty intense and a lot of times the students say, oh, we didn't know it was going to be like that. <laughs> uh, we also have other components that go with the Urban Exposure um, Program because, you know, six kids, it's a lot for filmmaking and for the, the, the classes, but we really do need to have a, a larger impact. So we have acting for film and those, uh, that workshop is coming up. We also do auditions and people from the community come in. We have the crew and the crew, sometimes the filmmakers, yes, are part of it, but we need more than just them. So we have different components, uh, for, for the program and different ways that people can, you know, interact with us. The culmination of this iteration of Urban Exposure in 2017 is coming up pretty soon. You're going to have a premiere on August 24th at the Figgy. Uh, I'm going to pitch this to our listeners. At 5 p.m. is the opening reception, and at 6 p.m. is the premiere of the film. So we encourage everyone to uh, to come out and see the fruits of all of this uh, this creative labor and hard work. Uh, but do you maybe want to speak and give our listeners a bit of a, a teaser to maybe something that they might get to see um, in a few weeks? Yeah, so I'll... Um, I know... I'll just, I'll just pitch one film. Um, so there was a film... Uh, called More Than Color that was uh, written um, by uh, a young girl named Dania Green. She's, I think she's only 15. Um, and it was a story that was based on her mother's experience. Um, and it's about a young girl that is a young black girl of darker complexion and is just constantly bombarded by the, um, by the ideals of uh, the world of like, you know, 
uh, of colorism and every and everything like that. So you know, light being lighter skin, having straighter hair, that t- those types of things, and all these criticisms are coming from not only like you know random people, but like her friend and and also at the end her uh, grandmother, and it's her just kind of having an inner monologue. Um, about her experiences and about how she at the end will believe that she is beautiful regardless of the texture of her hair and the color of her skin so that's kind of a that's a small pitch for one of the films that you'll be seeing at the premiere that sounds great i also want to mention to our listeners that the event is free and open to the general public so we hope to see you there that sounds wonderful yeah 15 years old yeah. <laughs> and then also her uh, DP uh, is a, another young girl. I think she's, no, Dania is 14 and Amanda, the DP, is 15. So they were, we grouped them together and they, they actually worked together very well. They so, were our youngest. Yes, yes, they were. Now, are these students, did they know each other prior to the program? Uh, no. No, they did not. They came into the program not knowing each other. But the funny thing was they have a lot of mutual friends, but they never knew each other. So this is also a great way for them to just meet more people in the community and to oh, yes. connect. Yes. That's great. This is the third iteration of Urban Exposure. Can we expect a fourth next year? Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, I mean, I I want to come back like um, after you know graduation. I, I do want to come back on the fourth year and and I want to bring urban exposure to a level where we can get some of these films. I mean, we're going to try this year, but we want to try to get um, some of our films into uh, Chicago Cine Youth Film Festival. And uh, we've been always like striving to that goal. And so far, one of our films has gotten into the Muscatine Film Festival, a film called Going Nowhere by, by Almendra Marquez. And she was actually, uh, she's a veteran of our program. She did it the second year and then she came back to do it the third year, but she decided to just help out with editing uh, all the other films. So uh, we we commend her for that for sure. But um, And she helped us when we were with the Ghostlight exhibit. Mm-hmm. So she, she comes in and, and works with Urban Exposure. So she's part of the team. <laughs> yes, she is. And hopefully that was an exciting opportunity for her, Jefferson Pinder's Ghostlight. Yes. Which our listeners should remember from an earlier uh, couple of episodes. And if you haven't, you should go back and listen to that. Because Claire's going to quiz you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So your enthusiasm for this program is really catching. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the films on the 24th. Do you want to tell us some other things that are upcoming for the council that our listeners should keep their ears and eyes open for? Well, <laughs> urban exposure during the summer really takes our breath away, so <laughs> we we don't have a lot of time to plan other things, but we collaborate every year with Sankofa, and we're trying to get some type of black history play that we do. And, of course, we do all of the regular things like, <laughs> you know, have our own black history uh, exhibit and display. We're going to have an art tent at the Polyrhythm Jazz Festival. And I think that's on the 18th of this month. So we have an art tent and we do a little exhibit of the kids' um, artwork that are from the Coloring Between the Lines art program that we have at the studio. But we also go into the King Center during the summer and provide art as well. One of the programs that I think is, I mean, everything that you do is so 
so impressive. But one of the programs that really stands out to me is the Wrapping Ourselves in God's Love program. Oh, yes. <laughs> the breast cancer survivors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, um, we're meeting twice a month. And the ladies are kind of deciding what they want to do next. The first project that we did was the Sister Quilt, and we had an exhibit at uh, at the Figgy. And then we did, Jonathan did a film, a documentary on the ladies' lives, and that was called... Um, Tears, uh, be- yeah, tears, tears beneath, beneath the skin. The skin, yeah. yeah. The- and I, I, t- I name all these things I should be able to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Just to think about using the arts for healing. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Jonathan, you brought up earlier um, one of the main goals for you is to encourage nonviolence yes. and expression through nonviolence. And I think that in a completely different way, Art has the power, like with the Wrapping Ourselves in God's Love group, to heal and to help people express themselves. Yes, it does. Azabuki is supporting all of this, and there's certainly a need for it in our community. So thank you. We're glad to be able to do it. (laughs) Thank you to our guests, Gay and John. We look forward to celebrating another successful film premiere for Urban Exposure at the Figgy on Thursday, August 24th. As a reminder, the festivities start at 5 p.m. with a reception and 6 p.m. with the film premiere, and all of this is free and open to the public. As another reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, and you can listen to the episodes on WVIK's website. There's an email on the website in case you'd like to contact us. Also, don't forget that we include additional information and materials on our Facebook page that relate to the episodes. So if you're interested in digging deeper, be sure to follow us. And as always, thank you to the Augustana Teaching Museum of Art, the Figgy Art Museum, and WVIK for your continued support of this project. Remember that this project only exists because of listener support, and so be sure to go to wvik.org and click the Donate button. A special thanks to our producer, Lacey Scarmana, who is the foundation of this podcast. And this podcast would still be a mere idea if not for the generous sponsorship of Paterson Pate's design. Thank you so much for making this program possible. And last but not least, thank you to all of our listeners. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time.